Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And here we are. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful month of October. It is. So it's it's officially autumn, for me at least. I think it was last time we spoke as well. Let's see. Yeah, we were talking about the solstice and whatnot, and I can't, I couldn't for the life of me remember when that is. So, uh, it's usually on the 21st. I think it fell. I don't know what time zone it was, but when I Googled it, uh, it said September 22nd at 9 p.m., I think <laughs> Eastern time. So, it's very specific. Yep. But, it's a specific moment. Yeah. I mean, for me, it feels like autumn because it's, all the leaves are on the ground so i went to the gym today and the whole streets they were just covered in gold and golden leaves so then you know it's autumn uh i'm gonna try and do that after this what go to the gym yeah yeah i've been going for responsible yeah i sit a lot so because it's obviously because of my job so i've been trying to balance that out by going to the gym four times a week but it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, getting there isn't fun, but being there is, you know. Yeah, hundred so. percent. No, so for the weather, it's been pretty much actually kind of warm for for autumn or fall, as I should say, uh, which I guess is to be expected because of climate change, quote unquote. But because like the European summer was like one of the hottest summers in like the past couple decades. And they're projecting that this fall is going to be very hot as well, and the winter. So we're probably not even going to have a winter. It's probably just going to be like a really long fall. We don't ever get snow anyway, so. Well, we'll see what it turns into out here. Usually when it's looking to be warmer, Mm -hmm. it means more snow for us. Uh, This area, believe it or not, actually doesn't get that much snow just because there's so many mountains nearby that uh, take our snow, but... We, we we definitely get some have and you, uh have you been to the mountains oh yeah oh yeah i've been to the mountains before but not in but i've been to in colorado because i used to live in colorado so we went to the rocky mountains yep we we have those too we uh so here a few years ago i went up to the Beartooth pass with a friend from ohio because they don't have mountains in ohio and uh we uh there's there's a few rest stops along the pass where you can get out Mm. so we uh made the ill-advised decision to get out of the car uh climb up like an embankment and try and walk to the peak oh just in like straight clothes (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's over thirteen thousand feet up there and uh walking up a slight incline at that elevation is uh challenging yeah the air gets real thin i remember that uh it's like you need oxygen tanks once you get to that level. But I'm not an expert. No, not 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 quite that at that level. But uh, it's it's exciting though. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, don't anyone take my word for it. I've only been to like the mountains like two or three times. 
I just remember when I was up there, the air was very thin and I had a hard time breathing. But but you know, you know what kind of ties mountains in to what we're going to talk about today? What? <laughs> if you live someplace like Ohio where there's not mountains, you might need to take on some debt to afford to get someplace that has mountains. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good segue. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good segue. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely like a mountain of debt. Um as you could oh, say. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today is debt debt debt. Um Yep, it's uh it's it's debt is king here. Yeah, it definitely is. So in fact, uh, while we were getting ready today, uh, Chris mentioned it. And I'm like, hold on a second. I paid a credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we can start with credit cards. So like you, I think you mentioned last year you got your credit card. So how's that been going for you? I think you've had it for like so, a year or so. So good. Uh, I hadn't really done anything in my financial history that would give me a credit score. Mm-hmm. So now that I have a credit card, and I, you know, I just make payments on my app. I just pay off whatever I have at at once. It's pretty. It's uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> and then I just get two percent back on like everything, and I'm getting uh, establishing, you know, a good credit report, mm-hmm. good credit score. Though I know the flip side of that is if I ever forget to make a payment or something like that. It's not good. Yeah, they'll hound you for that. Yeah. Like, if you forget a payment and you pay it, like, the next day, they're usually kind of forgiving, so it won't affect your credit score or your credit history. I've had that happen to me a couple times. But, yeah, for the most part, um, if you miss, like, a full payment and you go into, like, the next month, so, like, you miss two payments in a row, then you're getting to, like, uh, choppy waters. Uh Mm. Yeah, you mentioned like like credit history. So it's kind of like a catch-22, you know, for those who don't know, a kind of like uh, damned if you do, damned if you kind of don't kind of thing, where to get a credit card, you need credit history, but without credit history, you can't get a credit card. So you, it's kind of like a, like a vicious cycle, so to speak. Uh, my first- Well, depending on your credit score, you can apply for better and better credit cards. That's true. If you don't have one, you get start with a bad one. Yeah, like the first credit card I ever had, uh, I had that when I was like 14. My mom got it for me. But it's such a small credit card that it doesn't... I keep it for like sentimental reasons, but it's it's practically worthless. Like you can't... Like there are no benefits. The limit isn't very high. But it's a nice little card that I always, you know, for emergencies <laughs> that like I always use. But yeah, so I know a lot of people who have a lot of credit card debt, like a lot. So like 10,000, 20,000. Um, it's very uh, seductive, I would say, where you just buy a lot of stuff with, you know, with all this money. But it's, you know, it's not your money, it's credit. And so you got to pay it back. and. Uh, Usually people do it for like the points. So I try not to use credit cards because in Germany or in Europe in general, people don't use credit cards. So it's really hard to like get them here too because they don't just give them to everyone. Whereas in the US, I feel like they just give everyone a credit card. Like, you know, you get, you always get them in the mail. I don't know if you get that kind of mail, like, but. <clears throat> oh yeah, I, I got my credit card in the mail. No, I mean like, uh, like junk mail. 
You'd be like, Sign. oh yeah. yeah, they're like, here's a credit card. Go online to activate it. Yeah, yeah, like I like because when I used to live in the states, and every time I go back and visit my folks, like I get, I still get mail there. And so they'll be like, hey, here are five new credit cards. Like, why don't you sign up for them? I was like, yeah, I don't need five credit cards. Um, but I feel like they, they hand out credit cards and like just credit in the U.S. like it's candy. Like they give it to everyone, which was one of the reasons why when when was it like the whole market just kind of crashed, I think, in 2009. Because of like all the loans people were giving out to so like the banks. Which is a form of credit, you know, loans, mm-hmm. so like house loans. So they were just giving loans out like left and right. And it just went back and bit them in the butt. And uh, it just all came crashing down. <laughs> yep, I remember that. It was sure fun. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too impacted because I was still in high school. So I could care less. But I mean, for a lot of people, they lost a lot of money. Uh, I, I remember my uh, my science teacher at the time was like, well, that probably delayed my retirement a few years, but that's <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. And then he, you know what? And like a true professional, he segued into a science lesson mm-hmm. about uh, solar minimums and solar maximums and how it all comes in waves. It comes up and it comes down. Same thing with the economy. So he's, you know. Oh, stop it. I'm getting flashbacks to like to high school. I can't remember any of that. <laughs> and you know this guy was an earth science teacher and oh, like okay. he he taught so much uh i love that class it's probably the best science class i ever had yeah which like teachers that's also a good point because that's also with with uh it has to do with debt too so you know moving on from credit cards to like like student loans so a lot of people want to study in the u.s which i never understood why and when you talk to people who aren't from the US, they'll usually say like, oh, because like the best schools or like they have good reputations or it's good education. And I get all that. But a lot of people don't realize how ungodly expensive it is. Like I've told so many people here, like, don't do it. And they're like, why? I was like, because it's like 30, 40, 50 grand just to do like a basic degree. And uh I went to community college and they paid for that, but it was my God. (laughs) Even community college isn't cheap. Oh, no, no, no. I got a Pell Grant. and I'll never forget. I paid almost a thousand dollars for one semester for books. And I was like, God, this is expensive. I still have them. I still have the books. (laughs) I didn't want to throw them away. So I kept them as like a, like a sentimental value, I guess you could say but yeah i uh i still have a couple books sitting around i'm like why from community college i'm gonna like yeah just courses in general like i'm looking at an html and css book on one of my bookshelves right now Mm. and i'm like i'm not i'm never gonna open that why do i have and every year i keep it it's getting more and more deprecated (laughs) but i still have it yeah i have i have a c plus plus book from like 20 years ago uh, like oh. 50 years ago so that's <laughs> it's definitely not up to date but, it's probably more useful than that book though yeah prob- html book yeah but like teachers get a lot of flack um i would say teachers aren't super respected in the u.s as opposed to like in europe where they get more respect although here it's kind of critical too um but the amount- they're, they're respected when it's easy well that's true but it's all it's all fluff it's like uh 
it's like when you go up to a veteran like thanks for serving and then you don't actually you know do anything meaningful yeah that's that's pretty much the extent to which we like help teachers i would say so you have to have at least i think like a master's degree to be a teacher as far as i'm aware i'm not a teacher oh no definitely not you don't uh, and and have you not heard the the more recent developments oh, okay about no. teaching no, okay well a little little, little uh, sidebar here but okay so some states are trying this including montana mm-hmm. yay my state uh because there's not enough teachers because teachers don't get paid very well yeah okay a lot of these states i know florida montana are two of them mm-hmm. they're just like well what if we just let veterans teach classes like war veterans yeah okay <laughs> that's interesting. like they can just they could just come in and teach a class that's it they don't need any qualification they don't need any degree just come on in teach class uh-huh that and we're, we're we're giving that a try instead of uh so like paying teachers so how to assemble like a like a gun within like two minutes or something <laughs> i mean it's a it's you know it's good skill to have teaches discipline dexterity but i don't think that's what they're going for yeah they're doing something similar here too because it's really hard to find teachers because the pandemic hit them real bad and so a lot of people had burnout and they just kind of quit the profession altogether and i think the u.s is suffering from something similar but yeah people don't have unlimited goodwill yeah that's true i uh in, in my workplace yesterday actually i was training a guy who was new and i was making small talk with him and I asked him what he used to do. And he used to be a team lead for some charitable organization that helped abuse kids. Oh, wow. And he's like, it's great work. But after three years, like it, it was taken too much out of me, like emotionally. I'm like, nope, I, I get it. You, you can only do that for so long. Yeah, that's true. It's the professions that we need the most, the ones that are paid the least. So, yeah, and it burns you out emotionally. But anyway, going back to the topic. Yeah. Uh, the most recent uh relevant update to uh education debt mm-hmm. is of course student loan debt forgiveness yes which yeah. is still getting hammered out i did a little research on it before so the big number when it was announced was ten thousand dollars right mm. now i'm seeing up to twenty thousand dollars in some cases and teachers uh i think just automatically qualify for like seventeen thousand five hundred of debt forgiveness um, which would be really great for teachers because, like I said, they're not paid very well. Um, it also kind of the the exact number you're going to be able to get a forgiveness mm-hmm. is going to depend on the type of loan you get, mm. um, all sorts of factors. But I think it's going to cap at 20k. I mean, that's still you know nothing to sneeze at, but it oh, it's significant. Yeah. I actually have a friend who um, and he's been battling with this for years. He has a lot of student debt. And it's one of those things where he's slowly chipping away at it, but the the interest rates are killing him. Yeah, he's gonna pay off his loan like I think he's got to pay off his loan like twice to actually get out of it or something like that. Yeah, a lot of the loans that were handed out to people were were, were pretty predatory, um, and so you had like a lot of these, a lot of these schools that weren't actually certified. So this might come as a shock to like a lot of people but just because you go to like a university or college doesn't actually mean that your degree is worth anything so you have to make sure that the school is accredited otherwise you're just giving them money and they're giving you a certificate and i remember when i was in high school 
uh, people really wanted to do like game design. Like they wanted to like go to like game schools and learn how to code. And, and that was super, you know, interesting and all the rage. And a lot of our teachers were like, you can do that, but you have to be really careful because you can go to this school, but they're not accredited. So they're not recognized by the government. So, or like even within the industry. So you can just open up a university or a school and take people's money, but your degree isn't worth anything. Right. It's only worth it if, I mean, if you go to an unaccredited university and you learn yeah, and you can like go and like create a body of work and go and kill an interview. Great. But you're not going to get a magic piece of paper. That's just going to guarantee you a job. Yeah. That's the thing. And you, yeah, you're right. Like you can go to an unaccredited school and still like, you know, get like a, like a good career. But the problem is, is usually the, the crediting process kind of vets the schools you know, because a lot of these schools are predatory. Like, do you remember like ITT Tech? I do. And they yeah. had commercials yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Like ITT Tech was like, they're, they're defunct now. Like they went out of business, but they had like schools and commercials all over the place saying like, if you could study at our school, like you'll get like the best job. We guarantee you this, we guarantee you that. And they were super predatory. Like they would give you loans that had like super high interest rates or they would give loans to people who like were like mentally disabled so who couldn't actually understand the ramifications of signing up for a loan and i think that's where like all like this debt forgiveness is coming from is like a lot of these loans were predatory and they were extremely high so like you get out of high school when you're 18 and then you sign up for like a hundred thousand dollars of debt <laughs> which is crazy uh but they let you do it. They let, yeah, they let you do it. They let, which is, which is odd because like you can't really hold any public office because you're too young. You can't really drink. Um, you can't really own property, but they'll let you sign up for that much debt. And then years down the road, when you finish everything and you complain about it, then the usual response is, well, you knew what you were getting yourself into which isn't true. Like you don't know, you can't know. Sure didn't. <laughs> you can't know that. Like, how do you know that? Like, how do you know that? Um, so I had enough of enough foresight where I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I'm not going to college for $40,000 and I'm glad I did it. Uh, so. Well, and I think they made it so attractive for our generation because there was, I think in like the, uh, you know, the aughts, mm -hmm. 2000 aughts, there were all these college movies and it was all it, yeah. like to me, I had the feeling like if you don't leave state for college, you're a loser. Like that's how it always felt to me. Yeah. I had the same inclination too. like, uh, you need to go to a college. You need to, you need to stay on campus. You need to go to the events. You need to like, like it's a whole thing. Yeah. That, and I guess the bigger part of that is if you don't go to college, you're a loser. You know, like it's okay to like work at McDonald's. It's okay. It's okay to work like these deadbeat jobs, quote unquote, as long as you're getting somewhere, you know, you pay your way through college. Um, so, you know, you work at McDonald's on the weekends and then you do your, I don't know, mechanical engineering degree during the week or whatever. And then you finish college, you earn $200,000 a year, you pay off your debt in like five years and everyone's happy. That's that's kind of like the image they sell to you. Um, but this only worked 
like in like the 70s and 80s where like college was like a thousand dollars a semester <laughs> but it doesn't work anymore so i think that's where like all like this debt forgiveness is coming from um yep and that generation put a lot of ideas in our head too mm. so my dad uh paid his way through college and he worked like two jobs and it kind of put in my head like oh if he, if he could do it i could do it when yeah. i'm his age and he's like yeah i just you know bought a bag of potatoes eat that bag of potatoes and you know keep me keeps you alive i'm like oh, okay okay sounds tough but mm. you you couldn't do that now no no you definitely couldn't um, like he was working at a car wash okay right which is there's nothing wrong with that but working at a car wash and some other side job you're not gonna have the money to support yourself doing that these days i i don't know how you're going to pay six seven eight hundred dollars in debt off in a month and support yourself i don't i don't know how you would do that um so that to me is just asinine and so that's usually like something like I hear from like my grandparents or my parents, you know, well, when I was your age, I worked myself through college, um, which, like I said, you know, if, if it costs, if college or tuition only costs like $400 a semester, I mean, sure, you can pay that off. That's what they do here. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, you're, you're up, a, you're up a paddle, you're up a creek without a paddle, so and yeah and then it stays with you it's uh you cannot use bankruptcy to get rid of uh student loan debt yeah but i think there's a difference though i'm not sure if it's federal or private i think you can use bankruptcy for private loans but not for federal loans i believe uh but don't anyone quote me on that but i know there's a difference between like going to like a like a bank and going to like the government um one of them you can't default on i can never remember which one it is uh but irrespective of that you're right like that's the that's the finicky part is you can't default on your debt so you know if you have debt then you have debt forever basically yep and, and it's really hard to get out of which is why the student loan forgiveness even if it's not complete uh-huh uh it's it is going to completely forgive the debt for a significant percentage mm. of debt holders and for the rest, it's going to put such a major dent in it that it's it's still possibly life-changing. I mean, I'll, I'll, like, I'm not going to say no to free money, quote-unquote. So, I mean, why not? And That's what everyone says. Yeah, and I guess being a layperson, because I'm not an economist, but I feel like that money's going to come back either way. Because if you free people up from their debt, that means that they're going to have more money to spend, which is they're going to have to more money to spend into the economy. So it's going to get fun. So the money's going to get funneled back into the system one way or another. It's just the people who originally profited from the loans won't get that money, so to speak. Um, I, that's the way I see it, like, like doing like armchair kind of like napkin math. So, and I know like a lot of conservatives are pretty upset about this whole a whole ordeal because it's from biden um without getting too political i mean i've seen my fair share of political facebook memes <laughs> yeah about this so i don't know we'll see i mean they're upset until they're not i i have co-workers that are kind of of that opinion but they're like well it's free money i guess i'll take it i'm like yep i bet you will <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you ever want to study in the U.S., don't <laughs> unless you're rich. That's what I always tell people is like, unless your family has the money to study in the U.S., I wouldn't go. I, or you, or get, unless you get like some killer scholarship. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, unless you get like a free ride, unless you get like a free ride, I wouldn't study in the U.S. because it's just so expensive. Um, and usually people see it as like an investment. They're like, okay, I'll take up like $100,000 in loans, um, but I'll work as a doctor later and I'll earn like $300,000 a year so I can pay that off in like five or six years, which is, you know, that's what everyone thinks. And then reality hits and that doesn't happen. <laughs> So, you know, you got to pick your battles uh, and pick them wisely. It And also, unless, you know, maybe in certain fields, it really does. Mm-hmm. A lot of fields don't really care where you graduated. That's the thing that that always gets me. You're completely right, is Americans are very obsessed with prestige. So if you say, like, I just I studied computer science at a community college people will be like, oh, he studied at a community college as if that were like a bad thing. But if you say like, oh, I studied computer science at like Harvard or Princeton, or even at like, at like a, I don't know, New York University or whatever, the fact that you study at a university or at like Princeton suddenly makes you a better, I don't know, a better graduate when really it's just, it's all in the name, so. But it doesn't, so you wanna know, this is something I've actually had on my favorites bar for my browser for mm-hmm. a couple of years because I keep meaning to go back to it. Uh-huh. A lot of these super prestigious universities, especially for like computer science programs, yeah, they punish, they publish their courses for free. Yeah, I have. Uh, in fact, you know, what? let me click on it right now. I have the Stanford uh, CS106A program right here in front of me right now. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been doing some of those online from Stanford too, so you can actually get a certificate from them too. Like they'll certify, yep. they'll certify the course. Um, but that still doesn't convince a lot of people. They're like, oh, well, you did it online. Like maybe you, do you remember the University of Phoenix? I was going to bring that up. They were, <laughs> they were like ITC tech. They had ads everywhere. Like, oh, you can get a good degree online and get yeah. a great job. Yeah. So the University of Phoenix, I don't, this is, is it even still around though? I have to Google that. I, let, me, I, let me take a look real quick. I, I, I don't know. But it's Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, yeah, they're still around. So the University of Phoenix, they had, like, the early 2000s, they had so many ads on TV about how you could do your degree online and how you could work part-time and, and blah, blah, blah. And I think... At like around like the dot com bubble, so that was like ninety eight to like the early like mid two thousands. A lot of stuff was going online, so everyone was doing like online schooling, and the University of Phoenix was like the biggest one. And uh, I remember there's this one Simpson episode. I can't don't ask me the name, but Lisa was like failing her classes or something, and she was like, "Oh my god!" Like what if I, what if I have to go to like the university of Phoenix and I can't go to like Princeton? So, <laughs> <laughs> like that was her, like her nightmare. And a lot of, I guess what a lot of people don't realize is that <clears throat> Americans don't really see like online schools as being legitimate. 
and like you actually have to physically go to one in order for it to like have some kind of like merit i would say um which is completely opposite here in europe um albeit we don't really have any online schools here like we don't have online universities like there's only i think within germany there are only two that are accredited and that's it <laughs> there are only two online universities in germany so whereas in the u.s like it got like at least hundreds i would say oh yeah i i actually just was uh reading a little bit about the university of phoenix Shaq graduated there oh did he really yeah, yeah. and i'm like wait did they actually have like a physical campus do yeah, they have they a do. sports program and it, yeah they do yeah, yeah yeah so they actually have a physical one whereas itt tech i don't even know if they were if they were physical they might have been but yeah for those who don't know Shaq, like shaquille o'neal isn't that what you're talking about yep yeah shaquille o'neal so he's like a super famous basketball player now he's a super famous businessman i think he's a billionaire actually um uh, or he's on his way to be i mean he's he has a lot of money so let's see his net worth is at an estimated 400 million yeah i mean on the way so half a billionaire but still yeah yeah so and he's like huge i think he's like six foot like eight or something Seven, seven foot one. Ah, see, I, I like... just saw it. I just saw it. I didn't know that off the top of my head. I promise. I'm always guessing and I'm always wrong. But no, so like kind of like segueing from like schools to like another form of debt are like are loans. So Americans love loans. So like we have loans for everything. Um, and student debt is, I would say, a loan. But I think that's like its own separate category because there's so much controversy around it um and generally speaking people kind of like well it's your own fault but i think you maybe you'll agree or disagree with me on this a more a more socially acceptable form of a loan would be like a mortgage you know like going to the bank and getting like two hundred thousand dollars for like a new house um which used to be i would say like the norm you know, the whole, like the typical American life would be you're born, you go to school, then you go to college, you get a good job, then you buy a house and you pay off the mortgage in 30 years, then you retire and then you die. <laughs> yep. So that, that's, that's the path. Yeah. That's pretty much like, that was like the standard American path for, I don't know, a couple decades, I would say, I would say after like world war two up until like the eighties, I think that was like the golden path that you should follow. And that's what our parents kind of lived by. So they taught us that, but it doesn't work anymore. Like the, the housing price is just, God, they're crazy. Uh, like there's, yeah, no I'm still waiting for my opportunity. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but you'll often hear like often, I've often heard people like, yeah, I bought my house for like 50,000, $60,000. And that was like 40 years ago. Um, and that house is now worth like $300,000. So now, you, you, now you're working a, a low paying job, you have student debt, and you're supposed to buy a house. And there's no way you can afford that. Um, and even if you do, the payments are so high that it just cripples you financially. 
there's i mean you can get lucky and find you know certain circumstances where you're going to be in a good situation mm -hmm. and, you know you find a house that needs some work you do the work yourself even then it's it's still really tough yeah it's definitely yeah like fixer uppers like flipping houses um my family does that on the side and uh some family members of mine um that's how they got a really good deal on a house and they yeah. they they all kind of worked over there and helped uh fix things up and stay in the floor and all, all mm -hmm. those kind of things yeah i've had family members who've done that too i've helped out a bit um but it's risky business though because you invest a lot of money into like fixing up a, a dilapidated house and you don't know if you're going to get your return on your investment so your roi basically well they're gonna live in it oh okay well then if you live yeah, in yeah. it it doesn't matter <laughs> i mean they they my family also kind of flips house on the side but for like the younger people in our family they're mm -hmm. like hey i think this might be good for a house for you do you want it for cost and we'll help you fix it up oh, okay yeah that's true. so we're we're in a very fortunate situation especially in the cur current housing market so mm -hmm. whenever there's a good opportunity i know one day i'm going to get a call like hey look at this house do you want it yeah there will have to be a decision to be made yeah like i guess a, an interesting side note which i could never get past is that the majority of the houses in the u.s are made out of wood and in europe they're made of stone which comes to it which comes as a shock to like a lot of people so like americans use like a lot of wood a lot of drywall um whereas in especially in germany if you build a new house, like the walls are like solid, they're made of like concrete. So like they use almost no wood with the exception of like the roof. That's all, I think that's all they use wood for is the roof and everything else is like poured concrete and steel. So. Uh, it's like a bunker house. Pretty much, but that's standard. Like that's for every house here though. I don't know if you'd ever find a wooden house here, like brand new, to be honest. Uh unless I some can... american has probably commissioned one uh i mean here probably uh but like if you had like a wooden house it'd probably be like a little like a little hut or something that's that's <laughs> that's about it or so, shed yeah pretty much like a shed like that's that's all they um that's all hmm. they uh build in wood but yeah i guess before we yeah yeah go on oh go ahead no go ahead, i was gonna say the same thing no go you okay go. Before we run out of time, we yeah. do want to cover uh, healthcare debt, oh, and yeah. it's it's something that's actually relevant to me right now because I actually had someone something happen mm -hmm. to a friend. Uh, of course, your your medical insurance here is mm. tied to your employment, and one of my friends he just moved from a job out of the school system, which says good healthcare, to another job which also has really good healthcare. However, when you start a new job here, you don't just get healthcare immediately. You have to be there for a little while. Yeah. His his insurance kicks in next month. Um, he had, I, I won't go into specifics, but he had a major, major, uh, major health issue mm -hmm. that we were like, and he's like, well, I can't afford it yet. Like, uh, dude, I don't care. I, it sounds like you're going to die. You need to go. He went to the doctor one day. The doctor thought, at a same day care clinic doctor thought he knew it was happening not a good thing but not super dangerous said it'll balance out and the next day he was in the er um and he very well 
they told him at one point, I think he was more likely to uh, die than live, but uh, he's stable now. However, uh, he just stayed a day in the, in the emergency room with no insurance. Um, that's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I've been to the emergency room a couple of times in the U.S., and I mean, it's never been cheap. So I'm always sweating bullets when I have to go to the hospital in the U.S. Well, I was, so why have travels insurance. But yeah, so, I mean, you'll think twice about going to the hospital when you're in the U.S. Like if you, it's not like a, a life and death kind of thing, you're, you're not going to the hospital. Um, like here, you'll go to the yeah. hospital for everything. <laughs> but yeah. uh, well, actually, you go to like your general practitioner. You won't necessarily go to the hospital. but uh that's uh that's so that's so odd because like in the u.s like they'll use like health benefits as like as like a perk for your job whereas here that's non-existent because it's uh it's required by law and and it's it's huge there's yeah. uh there's a prescription i take for my asthma that has made my asthma more controlled than it's ever been in my life mm-hmm. it costs about three hundred dollars per you know fill that lasts me a few months uh it's so expensive though my and it was good enough i was just if my insurance my last insurance covered like 20 bucks of it so basically nothing Mm. it was good enough i would pay for it out of pocket my new insurance i only pay about 20 bucks for one It's, it's huge yeah it's definitely it's definitely huge and it gets more complicated once you move into like different health areas so once you move into like dental or you move into like eye or uh, just or regular checkups and so the healthcare system in the u.s is very very complicated um the the major difference between i would say the european system and the american system is that the european system is usually not for profit so like a lot of the companies here aren't allowed to generate profit from like their services and any profit that they do generate is kind of skimmed off and redistributed. Whereas in the US, a lot of the companies, they pretty much charge whatever they want. Uh, yes, we have two major hospitals here in town. One of them is for profit, which is the pretty standard one here. The other is a nonprofit Catholic hospital. But because they're Catholic, you can't get a lot of procedures done there. Yeah, um, that's... I, I know, for example, they will not do vasectomies. Yeah. That's uh, that's definitely uh, an important point. But we're unfortunately running out of time, but we'll definitely continue this conversation next time because it's an important one. So we're just going to wrap it up there. So stay tuned for, for the next episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for coming, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.